0: These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties, but in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours, find out more at sbmd.org.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Looped in. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Rebecca Schutz, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. I'm here today with Nancy Sarnoff. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Nancy. We're here to talk today about something that's bigger in Texas than anywhere else in the country, tiny homes. So, Nancy, I've been on an adventure the last few weeks learning about tiny homes in Texas. It all started when I was working on a totally different story. I was talking to a woman about her experiences, and she said she had sold her home to downsize and was living in a tiny home rental next to a whole row of tiny home rentals. (laughs) So the first thing I did when I heard this was say, that's amazing. I want to learn more. And then I hung up and turned around to Nancy and told her. And we both went online and started Googling tiny home communities. Yes, I remember that for sure. How small was that home? It was 399 square feet. And she lived there with two cats. I guess that's doable. I have two cats. I once lived in an apartment that was 230 square feet, so (laughs)
2: very doable. I once lived in a house, well, an apartment, a garage apartment that was 325 square feet. Oh, so we both lived in tiny accommodations. Yeah.
1: Also, you talked to Tony Busby recently about tiny homes.
2: Well, yeah, that was so funny on the last podcast when we interviewed the mayor and his challenger yeah, we were talking about where he lived in River Oaks and he lives in this obviously ginormous house that costs ten million plus. And I was asking what it was like, and he was like, I I only use two rooms, really, the kitchen and the bedroom. I this is exactly what he said. I like the tiny home movement. That is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's part
1: of the zeitgeist right now. Ben Carson at HUD. Right, the the head of HUD? The head of HUD. The HUD head? The HUD head. <laughs> <laughs> recently talked about how he thought tiny homes were like key to affordable housing and how some of the restrictions against them should be loosened. Mm-hmm. So they are everywhere. I was curious to learn more. And Nancy was right here at the beginning of this adventure. So since then, I've gone and learned a few things, but I haven't told Nancy about any of it. And I just want to share some of what I learned. First thing I did was I reached out to the owners of this woman, Susan Corbett's Tiny Home Rental. It was located in Majestic Pines RV Resort in Willis, just north of Conroe. And the owners, Corey and Georgette Friels, told me they aren't only renting out tiny homes in this RV park. They're building an entirely new park that's going to be all tiny homes. And people are going to buy the tiny homes and rent a spot on that land. So... I met up with them and recorded a clip of them walking me through the park, uh, starting with all of the amenities. Mm. So I wanted to show you. First of all, there's a clubhouse. So,
2: we found is it, like it, uh, when you downsize, people tend to
3: want to socialize more together. And oh, so yeah. It's kind of like a socializing place.
2: Cool. That's what they say about millennials, too. Like yeah. when millennials move into micro units, you know, these tiny apartments in the in urban centers, uh-huh. they say they don't need space for themselves necessarily in their apartments. But they definitely want spaces where they can spread out with other people like a clubhouse or a gym or a place to just Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's
1: very similar to what this place was like. It had – a clubhouse, a gym, it oh, had a gym. gym. It had yard games. Yard ball? Yard ball.
2: <laughs> I don't know what that is.
3: So this is going to get all um, the yard um, yard games all through here. So you're going to have horseshoe pits, wash pits, uh, ladder ball, all your yard games will be over here on the back side. And then uh, there were the homes. So every single home out here is 399 square feet, living space only. So all your porches
0: and How
2: many square feet? 399.
1: Why is that? And then, um, okay, so,
0: if
2: anything over 400 square feet gets titled differently. So, this gets titled like a vehicle or a recreational vehicle. Okay. And so it gets just um, sales tax only, no property tax.
1: Oh, wow. Did you catch that? The wow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just Did you yeah. catch what was up with these tiny homes?
2: Yeah, that's so interesting. So, if you're under 400 square feet, you only have to pay sales tax.
1: You yeah. don't have to pay
2: property tax. So there's a whole
1: code for what an RV is. Okay. And it's a federal code. An RV has to be under 400 square feet. It has to have wheels, et cetera, et cetera. All of these vehicles or all of these homes are built to meet exactly that code. So they're all exactly 399 square feet. <laughs> they all have wheels, even though they aren't hardly ever moved. They're like mobile homes, you know, mm-hmm. Um They have the skirting. They have this giant porch. The porch doesn't count as the 399 square feet. So they all have these lovely large porches. Mm. Um, Some of the porches have outdoor fireplaces. You can have a separate carport that's not part of your home. So this whole setup around this, like, very interesting thing. Um,
2: I love that. I love the idea of the big porch and all the outdoor space. Yeah. So that's called a park model
1: RV is what I learned so Park Model RV is an RV that's meant to just sit in a park. Okay. Like um like an RV park, but this is a tiny home park.
2: What do you think? What do I think? Um it sounds like living in your car. <laughs> kind of. I don't know. No, <laughs> that's not that's not really what I think. But it's bigger than places we both lived. That's true. I think it sounds great. I don't know. <laughs> I think you had me up until Willis. Why? It's kind of far from it's kind of far where I work
1: okay and play <laughs> there's a handful of places that are building parks entirely for tiny homes oh so one is in Willis okay there's like a lakeside community um, on Lake Conroe mm-hmm. there's one going in by same Houston University mm-hmm. there are a few out near Dallas okay so w- why can't they build them in Houston so in Houston you cannot have an RV on your property. That's actually against Houston's regulations. And if you remember when I said um, Ben Carson was saying, oh, tiny homes would be great if people like loosen the regulations. It's because there are regulations. or you can't just own a lot in Houston right. and live in an RV on it. It has to be approved for RV, So it has to be like an RV park.
2: Well, how do you build an RV park in Houston? What if you buy an acre or two acres of land and you go to the city and say, I want to build an RV park? I'm not sure exactly how the approval process is, but you could
1: build an RV park and you can make an RV park that's only for these park model RVs. So how cool possible. would that be,
2: you know, inside the loop, like near, I don't know, a movie theater
1: <laughs> or <laughs> near the Houston
2: Chronicle <laughs> will house all the new fellows. Yeah, it would be cool. And how many RVs can you put on a lot? So again, that's
1: subject to local restrictions, Okay, but the density can be pretty high. You know, it's just like RVs. You can yeah. have RVs sitting right next to each other, but usually they like a little bit of space. Mm-hmm.
2: So you can put on those big porches.
1: So you can put on those big
2: porches <laughs> um, so you can landscape a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're, you're selling me. You're yeah. selling me
1: now. They're really cute. Okay. And all of the show homes that I saw at this park were built in Texas. Mm have some sound. Okay. Let me pull it up.
3: I'm Dick Dry director of park model sales for Skyline Champion. We are in Mansfield, Texas, at one of our manufacturing facilities where we build park model RVs. It takes about uh, a week and three days from the time they cut the frame to the time we can have a park model ready to ship. And we're currently building about 12 a week right now. It's a, it's a pretty amazing process. We, I'm, I'm guessing we got about 125, 130 people online here that are working, assembling the park models.
2: That
1: sounded like an
3: elephant in the background.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a pretty wild factory, I'll have to say. Okay. Uh, no elephants, though. So inside the factory, it was like a giant warehouse, and there are 19 stations. And at each station, they were working on a tiny home. Mm -hmm. And each station was a different, like, stage of development. So at the very beginning, they're putting down the floors on the frame. And someone's, like, standing on it, like, buffing the floors. And then next, there are people who are just building interior walls. And then someone who lifts up the walls, carries it over, sticks it where it's supposed to be, and staples it in. A real assembly line. And by the end, it's just people... um, Standing on ladders, cleaning the windows, painting the trim, and there's like a completed tiny home.
3: Takes about a week. Texas is the largest state in the United States for park model shipments. California's number two and Arizona's number three.
1: That's in part due to the weather. About half of Champion's tiny homes are sold to parks that rent them out to glampers or glamorous campers Um, (laughs) we know about glampers right do they do they put them in man camps I have not heard about that there is like a park in Myrtle Beach I think that's going to have like 200 of these and they're building a water park they have all these like I think they have an indoor bowling alley Mm -hmm. it's going to be like a vacation spot okay you can go to this village of tiny homes and have all your amenities there it'll be kind of like your
3: cruise (laughs) These units, uh, this one right here is uh, going down to the valley in Texas. It's going down the Rio Grande Valley. We got 20 orders down there for rental, for hospitality. They rent them to to winter visitors that come down for the winter.
1: Hmm, I love it. Yeah. So there's a whole portion that's going towards hospitality is what they call it. Mm -hmm. But then there's some going to individuals, um, like the individuals that are going to buy them and put them in that Willis Park. My biggest question was how do people who are not just visiting these tiny homes, how how are people who are gonna live in these tiny homes do it and why? Yeah. So like where that. they put their beds and their yeah. all their
2: kitchen appliances. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: But there's nobody living in in Majestic Hills tiny home community yet. So I went to another community that has been in operation uh, for sorry, three years. I have to
2: interrupt. I love that name, Majestic Hills. Did you see Hills? Yeah. There Wait, were hills?
1: What? No. <laughs> the RV park is called Majestic Pines, which makes more sense. <laughs> right. I'm sure you saw plenty of pines. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see a hill. <laughs> but Sorry, the one I went to is called it was called Blue Bonnet Ridge. Oh, it was nice. right outside of Dallas in Terrell. Was there a ridge? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that
2: I saw. <laughs> but at Blue Bonnet, Blue Bonnet Ridge... <laughs> I didn't see any blue bonnets either. So. You probably saw them on the way, or you would have if it was blue bonnets season.
1: Yeah, it's December. And people in this community have been living there for three years. A lot of them got in right when it opened. And I spoke with Jeanette Roberts, and she's been living there for three years with her husband, Lynn, and, and their two cats. <laughs> wow. Um, Spooker. I'm going to get their names wrong. Boo <laughs> Spoo and Spooker. <laughs> uh in 389 square feet.
0: Of course, a lot of the questions is, how did you do it? I mean, how, how can you live that small? That's, that's the biggie. When you see where we are, you almost have to be in one of the little homes to see. You know, it's not that bad. When you consider you're probably living in maybe two rooms, your bedroom, your, your living area, and your kitchen. And they might be spread out in the house, but those are the only rooms you live in. Well, that's like here. We live in every inch of this house, but we've got plenty of room we've never bumped into one another. So for two people, it's perfect. We usually eat here at the small island that we've got, which also holds a lot of my stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a cute little Mm two-seater.
0: It is, and we love it. Uh, Anything with a 399 square foot, it's all about storage, Yeah, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got our magazine rack, we've got my vegetable holder over here. Oh yeah.
1: uh, The vegetable holder is like baskets attached to the sides of the cabinets which is smart.
0: Now, the loft, like I said earlier, the loft we have for, um, we have two cats uh, <laughs> and that's their home. And plus, that's where we store a lot of our stuff. We mm-hmm. have our winter clothes down, our summer clothes are up and vice versa. The bedroom, it's really in a circle. The bedroom is, the ceiling is low because we have a loft uh, now, if you didn't have a loft, the ceiling would be as high as the living room is. Mm, uh, mm. But to me, the ceiling being low like this, it's just very cozy. It is very cozy. Very. I, I want to say it's eight feet. Eight feet. This this right here is at least seven. Yeah, a little over seven. Yes. Okay. And I have my washer and dryer. Here, at the end of the bedroom, Mm -hmm. there are barn doors, so you can
1: slide it open without it hitting anything.
0: And the bathrooms are the same because you—it's such a small space. The doors take up a lot of room, so Uh we have one, two, three, four, four barn doors. doors. Yeah, and it's just—they're great. So that's how they
1: live
2: in that space. What are your thoughts? Well, when she said washer and dryer, I was shocked. Yeah, because that's such a tiny space. Where do you fit a washer and dryer? Is was it one of those stackable? It was stackable. Okay.
1: And so there's that, There's like two least. options. One is to have it. Well, I think most people usually put it sort of like near the kitchen, but mm-hmm. she wanted that to be a pantry. So in the bedroom, there are two closets, two small closets, and she put the washer and dryer in one of the closets. And she and her husband shared that other small closet, which
2: I thought was very impressive. For sure. I mean, these are not clothes horses, right? Is that what it's called? Clothes horse? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she's not a clothes horse. Yeah. She said after you're retired, you don't need as many different sets of clothes. My mom says that all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So she agrees.
2: So yeah, she was talking about storage. She said it's all about the storage. And again, I was like, but what storage? There's no storage. Yeah. One of the things they said they wish
1: they had done was there are stairs to the loft. Uh And they wish they had put drawers under every (gasps) step.
2: I feel like I've seen that on Pinterest.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they also wish they had put drawers under the bed, like built-in drawers. Mm-hmm. They stored it under the bed, but like, it would be nice to have it built in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was just cute. Everything was sort of built for two inside the house. So they had their island, and it had two plates set up. <laughs> um, both of them were Christmas plates because it's Christmas. <laughs> uh-huh. There were actually two little Christmas trees inside, which was incredible. Uh, right, Two wreaths on the window. They had the chairs facing the TV, and it was like one of those two-seaters with the cup holder in the middle so that they could you know it was just everything was exactly what they needed and I think I forget how many granddaughters they have but they said their granddaughters love to visit they love the loft they usually just go outside on the patio they celebrated their anniversary this year
0: Mm -hmm.
1: they had a big party they had it catered they just went and all the homes are sort of arranged in a circle in the middle is a pavilion Mm -hmm. they said as soon as there's too many people to fit on the porch they just move to the pavilion
2: yeah, it sounds like they really are embracing the lifestyle. Yeah. Why are they doing it? So that was my next question. Okay. I'm going to play you a clip.
0: And why did you want to go small? I think the simplicity, just the simplicity of it. And the, uh, it's, it's easy. And uh, we, the children were gone. Our sons were gone. So that's I think that's when we realized, you know, we don't need even this two-bedroom. We just don't. Uh, so that's why we came here.
1: Is it like did it feel wasteful or was it consuming your time?
0: Or did it C- have to consuming our time? Okay? Yeah, so a lot to take care of, you know. Mm. a lot of upkeep. It takes me maybe 30 minutes to clean it. A lot of upkeep that we just don't have to do anymore. This is just there's upkeep here. Don't get me wrong, but nothing compared to nothing. It's wonderful.
1: It seems like a lot of the benefits would be similar to the benefits of renting. Is that yeah,
0: right? It is. Except you own the home. You know, you're paying to live here, uh, which is, it's fine. But you own the home. You mm-hmm. can do anything to it that you want to do to it. You can, mm-hmm. you can add to the outside. You can landscape. We have a pergola we had put up. We put up this summer. Uh, it's just, you can do whatever you want because it's yours. And you know that if you leave... You know, you can take the house and and move it if you want to, and we can literally take what we've done, most of it, uh, or we can leave it here and sell it and start over. This home had a six-foot porch, and we we wanted a larger porch, so we took the 10-foot porch. Mm -hmm. We live on the porch. And it
1: easily sits like eight.
0: Yeah, easily. Yeah. Easily. And and if you do have more, we go to the pavilion. Mm -hmm. If you come during the evening, especially when the weather's nice and the the days are pretty and warm, not bad, just about everybody's outside.
1: In fact, she said the amount of time the neighbors spent outdoors reminded her of her childhood.
0: Well, when we were growing up, you know, we play outside. I mean, we didn't have technology like we do today. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't. uh, And and a lot of us didn't. We didn't have a lot of toys and such. Uh, We stayed outside and played, which fortunately it was safe. Mm -hmm. way back then. You know, we didn't lock our houses. You didn't lock your vehicles. That's all we knew. When the streetlights came on, we knew we had to go in and eat dinner. We never were that far away from home. That reminds me of this area here. But nine times out of ten, if you're outside during the day when it's pretty, a lot of them are on their porch. They're either having their tea, their coffee. They go out there and have coffee in the morning and people come over. Hallie across the way, if she sees Lynn and I having coffee, she comes over. And it's just a great way to start the day. It's wonderful.
2: So, that's what she said about the why. Yeah, I get that. The upkeep, the cost. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that the grandkids come and just have a blast. So, what did she pay? So, these homes, they start in the 40,000s. Okay.
1: And the show homes I saw in the community in Willis went up to the 70,000s. But Jeanette was saying, People think that tiny homes are really cheap. And she was like, you can get all the bells and whistles. You know, you can see what your neighbors have. Oh, my neighbors have a fireplace. I need to have a fireplace. You know, like I asked her what the upper end was. If you get all the bells and whistles, Uh how much can it be? And she said up to the 90,000s. So that's how much it costs to buy. If you are putting it in an RV park, a park RV park. The parks take care of the landscaping. They pay, I think, the water. They provide amenities. I think – I would have to double-check this, but I think the only thing you pay is for the electricity. Okay. But they cover most of the utilities and do the maintenance. Rent for the land, just mm-hmm. for your spot, costs between 500 and 600 depending on the community, per month. So I want to know about
2: the bathrooms.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I did not stay in one of the homes at this park, um, but I did stay at a tiny home at a different RV park. Okay, and I feel like
2: that is totally bearing the lead. You stayed. You stayed. <laughs> I in stayed one in one. So you experienced uh, our photographer
1: it. Elizabeth Conley. We shared one.
2: Oh, so the two of you.
1: Yeah, I brought stuff to cook just to see what cooking would be like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the one I stayed in wasn't as nice. As the ones the Roberts were living in, okay, or the ones on display in Willis. Why not? What were they? What were they missing? So it just wasn't as like designery. Like the ones these people and the ones I visited that people are living in, like they'll have counters with chairs under them, or like an island that the chairs fit in. They sort of make use of every inch of space. Mm-hmm. This was more almost like a like a small cabin. Um, okay. Yeah. And the bathroom felt like a, going back to cruises, a cruise bathroom. <laughs> and I also had like all my stuff because I was traveling. So I tried to fit the backpack in and this one did not have barn doors. It has swing, a swinging door. So oh. I had to like sort of get in there. Okay, But I think the moment that really stood out to me was in the middle of the night, I was like, let me go get my water bottle. I want to look like at sip of water (laughs) so I went and got my water bottle and I was like I didn't want to turn on the lights because I didn't want to wake up Elizabeth and then I open the door and I take a step and I'm like you know it's dark you're feeling your way (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to feel my way and as soon as my foot enters the bedroom it hits the bed and I was like can this be right have I already hit the bed and I was like oh the bedroom is the bed you know like I didn't even have to feel my way around because there was no space to feel my way through it was sort of (laughs) like a and then when I woke up I opened the door to see because it was a swinging door to see the clearance between the door and the bed and there was like two inches when the door swung open Mm -hmm. between the door and the bed so it was very much like you had to step out of the way of the door close the door step back out in the Roberts bathroom they had a little towel holder with everything, you know, with like little cubbies for each thing on the wall. Mm -hmm. You know, they had everything mounted on the walls. I think that makes it a little bit
2: more spacious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. you have to be very organized, I imagine.
1: Yeah, very organized. So that was my experience in a Texas tiny home coming soon to
2: a town near us in Willis. I'm watching this video (laughs) of that. I guess that's the one.
1: Yeah, that's the community.
2: It's on the website. You
1: can see what they're like. One of the people I spoke to hosted Thanksgiving in her tiny home. It was only what? four people. It
2: was a four person Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> but I was still like, what?
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did they have a turkey or just like a tofurkey? <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why would a tofurkey take less space? <laughs> no bones. It's funny. Yeah, but I think a lot of people say it feels freeing. I think it's also this idea of ownership with less debt, mm-hmm. with the possibility of moving, with moving the whole house if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's driving it on the buyer side. And on the investor side, if you have a bunch of people in RVs that aren't that movable, and they're paying you rent for the land, it's um very, one owner I spoke to said he had retired from his job at IBM. He was thinking about where to put his money he didn't feel comfortable putting it in the stock market. So he thought to himself and he decided an RV park has a high rate of return compared to the stock market. And if the economy tanks, the value only goes up Mm -hmm. when the economy does poorly. Mm -hmm. And that was why he decided to get into this. He lived in an RV for a few years before making this investment so he could understand it. But um, there's this idea that it's a good investment, Investors across the country are buying RV parks. Sorry, that's more like mobile mobile homes because I don't want to say it's a captive audience, but you can sort of increase rents. Imagine in an, a park model RV, it's movable, but costs a lot of money to move it, mm-hmm. and you have to uproot your life a little bit to move it. So investors think it's a good investment because you can increase rents a little bit before people make the decision to move. So it will be interesting to see where this trend goes in terms of the investor aspect.
2: And that is tiny homes. Wow. Well, I think that is a fascinating story. I knew about tiny homes and I knew that people had been trying to build them around Houston and that there were restrictions. But I can see this taking off for sure. And I can... I can see someone trying to bring it in to the city limits. Yeah. I mean, I'd do it. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I could definitely imagine this. Yeah. It's Uh, sort of like not co-housing necessarily, but I did do this story once about a woman who was trying to build a pocket community. And it's kind of the same idea where everyone has their own space. It's usually smaller. And then there's some sort of community gathering area like a house or – a garden or some sort of community center and you kind of know everyone and help each other out it's just seems like a nice way to live thanks for sharing yeah thanks for coming along with me on this audio
1: adventure and listeners thanks for tuning in we'll include a link to the story on tiny homes in the show notes and if you don't already subscribe to looped in it's available wherever you listen to podcasts and if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi I'm on Twitter at R.A. Shoot in Nancy. I'm at N. Sarnoff. Until next time, thanks for listening.